Bill Maynard, how are you? Uh, I could, I'd complain, but nobody's there to listen. So <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and do what I'm told. <laughs> Stand there and look pretty. So, so we've been having a lot of badasses on and like who, uh, who, oh yeah. man, Ben lights, Mike McKnight, a lot of ultra runners. Oh, nice. A lot of well, them. Emily, Emily. Hag. Emily Hag, who ran across the United States. In the middle of summer. Yes. Yeah. Um, nice. Justin yeah. True, who did the longest. Yeah, yeah him. Yeah, I know him. Yeah. You, dang, see? It's that circle. Well, I know of him. Okay. Well, total badass. Triathlons and marathons and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know names, but I've never really met any of these people. And then, and then the uh, the the young kid who did the Bulgers list and the SPS, um, Nathan, Nathan Longhurst, did a did a guy uh, recently twenty six year old who sucks at running as he said, but as long as he's going, he can keep going. It's like, are you yeah. kidding me? In triple digit <laughs> heat, yep. you know, and then. Man, who else? We we got Justin Lair earlier. Well, we plus we had a cowboy on too. And cowboy, yep, bull rider. Bull rider. And bullfighter. Bullfighter. Yep. Bullfighter. Yep. We're we're getting into that. So this is this is a, a game changer because um this is 100. And I like Dang. the fact that you said yep, yes. So, <laughs> so so this is like yeah. an end of an era, but also a start of a new era. And right. welcome. <laughs> Thank you. That's so awesome. you're you're one of the badasses. Well, I appreciate that. I'm just turning my uh, my my ringer off. I just got a message from a friend. I talked to in a minute. She's actually one of the moonshiners. Oh, like, okay. Nice. All right. I, I made some shine with her and her daddy once. Early this year, back in February. legally, guys. Le- legally, legally. I don't know. I don't know if it was legal or not, but <laughs> don't care. <laughs> don't care. It was good moonshine. It was a good shine. Yellow corn. So when I say when I say badass, I mean, dude, you're jack of all trades. I don't even know where to start. Like I do, but I don't. So let's 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 get this. When I think, do He's people get in circles? Yeah, no, 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 no. This, this I like it. This is how it works. Do you get confused by Joe Maynard, the uh, singer from Tool, a lot, or is it John Maynard? Every time I look at Maynard, it's always the guy from Tool. I have to like specifically no look at you in Google. Um, I don't think I've ever been confused with anybody with my name, except for here, because there's another Maynard family that was big into construction and all that stuff. And they, people are like, oh, are you those Maynards? No. We're the okay. better ones. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> I don't know. That's, that sounds rude, but it's funny. So I'll say that. Oh, that's why it sounds prideful. <laughs> you, you spent time in the army 20 years. Thank you for your service. Yep. Helicopter yeah, pilot. That's more badassery. Uh survivalists. You were on naked and afraid. Yes. That and the story alone. Yeah, I, that's badass too to do it with what you had to deal with. What people don't know about that is that. So I had a, this fever of one hundred and three point eight for four days. I can only imagine, man. For four days straight, 
I passed my kidney stone out there. And the camera dude, like dry heaving with his camera right next to me while I'm dribbling and then shoot out this little torpedo. Yeah. And it got worse from there. And people don't realize that I didn't just, I didn't tap out and then say, Oh, I quit. I can't handle this. Like that fever was, was cooking me plus the, you know, the environment and whatever, which was fine. Um, But when I got home, that fever continued for another four days. I lost five more pounds. And finally I went up, I stood up to go walk to the front door to let my dog out. And I almost passed out. I was like, all right, I I better go to the doctor. So I went to the doctor and found out my kidney had started shutting down on me. And I was like, dang, that was close. Wow. Oops. Whatever. (laughs) I got two of them. So (laughs) right. But man, it's oh god, it like a lot of people they made that joke, you know, he left and everything else, but it's like people people who have had kidney stones know the pain that you're going through. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I knew, and I was just like, dude, I do not know how he's doing this. And when you said fever. The only position that I felt comfortable in was the fetal position. And my wife was all like, oh, my God, I've never seen you cry like a baby like that. I'm like, yeah, um, yeah it's, 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 it's it's different. It's weird because I got home and and I was like, oh, crap, here we go. Like, I know it's com- it's coming because yeah. I'm supposed to be tough and all that. Look, I am. I, I left when I retired. I left my alpha male macho stuff in the uniform hanging in the closet. So I got no problems like taking a back seat to to whatever or enjoying the ride, like they say. But I did want to see what everybody was writing. So when my episode aired, it was a two-hour special. When it aired, I was on there every platform I could find to read comments. And 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 I and people are like, oh, don't read them, don't read them. All these people talking crap and hating yeah. on you. Don't worry. I was like, no, nah, man, it feels my hate fire. I want to read that stuff. Like, I want to, <laughs> I want to see what it, what they're saying because I want to see who says it, and then I research that person and be like, man, you have never had an original post in your life. You copy and paste and repost everything, and you're gonna sit there and talk crap. Yeah, I was like, I bet the mailbox is a long walk for you, ain't it, sucker? You know, yeah. I just yeah. like these yeah. some of these people just irritated me, and 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 if I got to the point where I started feeling angry and boiling in about it. I would just put the phone down <laughs> and then I come back later. But, but look, look, look what you've done though, too. Like that's what I, one thing I have to remember, remind myself when I see somebody saying bad things about the podcast or I'm not pleasing the right person, you know, or doing something else. And it's just like, dude, what are you doing? You're just an armchair warrior kind of thing. You yeah. know, and it's just like, okay, here we are. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't also don't understand is that there is an edit. There is a, um, an entertainment aspect to it when they edit stuff so they don't i mean you're out there three weeks and they don't show you they can't show you everything in two hours or one hour for the most most time it's for what 43 48 minutes worth of airtime. they can't show everything so they they didn't show me catching a crab with one hand and tying a a a noose with a piece of string and then looping it and they didn't show the the badass stuff that my partner was doing it came when it started raining and we would huddle over the fire and let it like almost burn us and right. inhale smoke just to keep it from getting wet. Cause we didn't care too much about our shelter because we wanted, we knew we had to keep moving. So yeah. I'm not going to, 
you know, I had, I had rafts to build and, and not, yeah. not shelters. You, you forged knives. That's your passion. You have a mobile forge, mm-hmm. and, but then the cool thing about, we're always talking about giving back and, and uh, highlighting those, but you have, you forge with veterans. It's called yeah. forging with veterans, correct? Well, I don't really know what it's called. I know that my mobile forge is, I, I, I named it the Ark of Fire. Um, because when I started this, I had this whole like monkey math calculation in my head where like in five years, I'm going to have a fleet of these things out there and people are going to be working for me. And I, so they better be named or numbered or something. So I put that challenge out there and Glenn Eberly, um, is the one who picked that name. And, and I put it out there that if I pick your, the name you chose, I will come to you and make a knife. I don't care where you're at. So I would purposely not look at who was saying the names. I would just write them down. Yeah. And finally I was like, Ark of Fire, man, that's, that's it. And I looked and I was like, Oh shit, it's Glenn. I was like, I know who he is, but you don't know me. Well, Oh, well, let's see how this goes. And we finally linked up at winter strong earlier this year. And I got to make that knife for him. And then I've seen, he's actually flown his own plane to two of the races I was at when we won in Seattle. Yeah. He, he was there for that. That was kind of cool. You know, he flew down to Vegas earlier this year too. And then I was at his house on that trip when I, when I was talking to you about doing this yeah. show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Between Seattle or Portland, Seattle yeah. and Spokane and maybe Montana, whatever, but you're and busy, man. Sonoma. I was like, <laughs> I was like, man, I don't know. I don't want to be a headache. I was supposed to go to Canada. Yeah, I won't. So <laughs> nobody, no, nobody knew that because I didn't want my buddy knowing that I was going to surprise him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Chris James from Naked and Afraid. Oh, and okay. I was going okay. to surprise him. And it was my birthday, the day that I was going to drive up there. But I was like, yeah. mom's, mom's in the hospital. I got too much going on. I've just had a ton of money stolen. I was like, uh, I got yeah. go. to get to the house. I couldn't imagine, but anytime you're back in Climate Falls, give me a call, man. That's where I graduated college, and that's where family's from. So yeah, it's small that's world. Where, that's where Justin's at. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I thought you were in like Tri Cities, right up ninety seven, man. Tri Cities. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little further up, but yeah, no, I went to college there, and yeah, I know Justin a, a bit, but not too well. And yeah, it's small. You know world. what's cool about that trip is I love doing these trips. It started off as I called them learning tours because mm-hmm. I was a shit knife maker, man. I was sucked. And I would go and I would call up these like famous knife makers and just be like, Hey, look, you don't know me, but you mind if I stop for, for a shop visit? And my first one, man, I, I was, I stopped at Travis Wirtz, Mike Tyree, Steve Coster, Mareko <laughs> Mamasi, Josh yeah. Smith. Well, we got- like I, I was stopping yeah. at all these people's shops learning. And I called it learning tour. And then I went up to Kayla's place up in the Northeast. And then I did it again and again. And that's how I started learning. And then like this past trip, when I was on the road, some guy I'd never met before in Idaho sent me a message like, Hey man, uh, I love your stuff. I'm a huge fan of what you're doing. Uh, I'd like to stop and just buy a meal. And I was like, dang, that's cool. So I had him buy me like grapes at the gas station. That's all it takes, Joe. Well, I'm on the road, man. I can't eat a whole bunch of food, you know. I got you. Grapes. I got you. Grapes yeah, I just I, I, I oh, try geez. and eat light on the road. <laughs> I got you. I got yeah. you. But in Cal, so one of the veterans that I was with Josh Smith's house last year. One of the veterans lives in El Paso, and I was I was I was heading east, and I hit El Paso. He's like, 
because I used to live there. And he's like, hey, meet, meet me at the Valero. I want to buy your buy you a tank of gas. Mm-hmm. And I stopped. We took a picture. I gave him a shirt, gave him a mini. And he um, he ended up giving me gas money for my entire trip across Texas. I was like, dang. Some of these people are like really like digging what I'm trying to do. And I, yeah. and I think the reaction is the best part for me because I get to meet people that I've never met. You know, yeah. not everybody's cool either. Right. Which is funny because going to Josh's house the first time, I never, I never asked, can I stay the night or any of that stuff? Anybody. Yeah. I, I wait for them to ask me. And so Josh had told me like, I don't know, second, third time I was at his house, he's like, we were talking. He said, you know, um, when you stopped here that first time, I, I didn't ask you to spend the night until you got here and we got to know each other. Cause I didn't know if you were weird or a psycho. I was like, man, that's, that's like, that's perfect. That's exactly how it should be. <laughs> yeah. man the names that you guys are just throwing out I know. there golly so and, and he said he's not famous right yeah now. no no he's not a house no, I mean, no, no around I'm, here for the knife makers we have yeah. uh david roper who has yeah. had his knives on uh was it uh grills mm-hmm. survival no gr- grills you like know last uh, man Bear out grills. Bear Bear grills. Grills. Yeah. Bear grills. yeah yeah uh so he used his knives on his show and he's been in uh <laughs> That show forged in fire. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's a uh, pretty cool. Plus, he used to be one of my students, so I'm pretty happy about that. Oh, nice. <laughs> cool. Oh, yeah. hey, at some point, I am gonna I am gonna plug something real for for plug. for myself. Do it. Um, you know, Do it now. <laughs> you know, Will Willis from who was the host of Forged in Fire forever. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, I reached out to him because so I send people knives just randomly but I, I do it for people I respect or that I look up to or whatever. I never, ever, not once have I ever sent somebody a knife or given somebody something saying, Hey, can you post this for me? Or can you, can you give me a shout out or none of that crap? I've never done that in my life. So yeah. I actually, I sent Will Willis a message and told him, Hey, you know, too bad you're not on the show anymore. Um, but I want to send you, I want to send you a knife. And just, that was it. Basically I told him, you know, he knows. So he, I guess he, he was looking at my stuff. He saw my mobile forge thing. He was reading up and watching some videos that I had done about what I'm yeah. doing. And he, he posted a video that said, Hey, well, first he calls me and he says, Hey, I want to, I have this billet of Damascus and I want, I want you to use it and make this knife and then auction that knife off or sell it and have that money go towards the mobile forge. And I was like, dang, that's cool. So he posted this thing about yeah. it. And a whole video. So I have the billet here and I talked to him and I was like, man, how about I could bring the mobile forge to you and we both make it that way I can film it Damn. and we, then we can sell it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be cool. So it hasn't been in the making nope. yet. Nope. We haven't done it yet. So, nope. okay. I have to, I have to heal up a little bit. Oh, well, duh. I mean, dude, I can't believe you're here just talking to us. I mean, yeah. back surgery has changed over the well, years. I mean, what's you going to do? Sit at home and just you roll around in pain and right. not do anything? I mean, it's part of life. Nope. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and, and he's a badass. So, yeah. You keep saying that. You better tell somebody because not nobody knows that. Are you kidding me? Oh. All right, well, nobody hey, knows that. Hey, right. we're, we're, we're the number one hype guys of there all you go. time. Hey, so. He's a badass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. And then you, <laughs> hey, mom, you hear that? And then, and then, and then you do. You're behind drag racing. Um, yeah. Well, I, I I like racing. Racing. I mean, who? What kid doesn't like racing growing up? You know. But yeah, it's loud. I never. 
I never raced. I never did any of that stuff growing up other than, you know, on the street, pulling up some next to somebody kind of thing. Um, but my son and I, we raced dirt track a couple of years ago. First year we won the cup. We were actually at the dirt track on a Saturday night with some friends and we were looking at everybody racing. We're like, man, we can do that. That was Saturday night, Monday morning. We were on Facebook looking for cars and we, we bought a car and raced the very next weekend and then ended up winning the the, the points. And we got the six foot trophy and the banner and the jacket and all that. It was kind of cool. Um, my parents love drag racing. They watched Tony Schumacher, the Sarge, you know, all time winning this driver and all that. And so they wanted to sponsor, they were, they wanted to get into sponsoring. So, but he would retired, you know, after he, he went over a wall at like 300 miles an hour. Um, but then when the opportunity came up, my, my dad and mom were like, Hmm, this is, let's do this. And so when they asked me, and it's, it's nice living on the same property with them because we, my wife and I, we kind of look after them and help them and take care. Cause you know, they're not young anymore, but when, when they come to us and ask us advice for stuff, yeah, that to me is like an ultra, ultra compliment, you know? So they ended up doing this deal, getting in and buying this team under one condition that Tony Schumacher comes out of retirement to be the driver. And he was like, I, <laughs> so, so the 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 week that the press release went out and you know everybody found out that Maynard Family Racing now owns the team. Yeah, um, we actually won that that race in Seattle, and that was cool. Yeah, you were you were a fanboy yourself, even though you own the. Thing. <laughs> right, 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 right. I look, look, I don't own nothing. I don't own nothing. Well, you're part of it. <laughs> right yeah. 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 yeah 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 don't be so, too i mean honest, man. <laughs> so I, I i do i do go to the races i'm skipping this next one um next weekend in pennsylvania i wonder why but <laughs> but yeah. i uh i'll be at the rest of them you know but it's funny because just like this mobile forge when i when i told my dad about it and i was like dad this is what i want to do and i'm going i'm wishy-washy i'm going back and forth between sizes and how big and what i want to do and finally, he pretty much, he didn't use these words, but this is what I heard. Quit being a bitch and just do it. <laughs> because, because I was so worried. I was like, what if I do this and, I, and it doesn't work? And what if I do this and it doesn't, and I, and I end up just losing money? And what if, he's like, what if the bullfrog had wings? He wouldn't womp his ass every time he landed. Yeah. Right? And he's like, just do it. So I did it. And that's how that that started but having them here is kind of like like a sounding board too you know but yeah we got into the racing thing and i'm telling you it's a trip it's a hoot you meet so many cool people just like when i started making knives i met so many cool people um because of friends of friends and then got to be friends of mine and then same with the racing community i mean i've met some some of the other drivers and team owners and they are really good people it's been a while since I've been on the drag race and every time I haven't been to a professional one, especially the NHRA. Correct. Is that how? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those things are powerful than those man-made or not man-made, but those homemade ones. Right. So those were always fun because when my dad yeah. was stationed in Kentucky, we used to have a blast and they go zero to 60 in, in, in no time, but how much power is 
behind the driver actually 10,000 horsepower 10,000 horsepower you're talking top you're talking field? Top, field. top field you're talking 0 to 300 plus in less less than 3 seconds hey hey that shark bait right that sh- it gets you right oh yeah it gets you? it's speed boner we'll get back to the shark bait well i used to live in bakersfield california (laughs) and famosa raceway is where we had the top fuel that's where i got to meet a lot of the uh top fuel racers uh pomona like like john uh pomona Pomona from uh, and and famosa okay yeah i'll be in pomona in a few weeks we got our last race of the season is pomona oh I, i love pomona that's so much fun i got to meet uh john force and yeah. uh, his family and his crew, uh, his kids, when they were really little, actually yeah. uh, still getting pushed around in strollers. Got to yeah. see them back then. So it was, you know, and then watching and then meeting uh, Don Garland, you know, granddaddy. Yeah. John, <laughs> you, know, you know, John Force, I'm going to blame it on him. He got me in a little bit of trouble. Uh-oh. <laughs> He's we were, a partier. We were, well, we were in Vegas at the track and he, he always drives his, you know, his little scooter around his little mm-hmm. pit bike. Mm-hmm. And he waves and everybody goes nuts and they see, you know, John force. So he comes over to say hi to my mom and I'm standing there and I'm, and he left his keys in the mini bike and I'm like, Ooh, and I was, I wanted to take it, but I didn't. And I walked over to him and I said, Hey John, I wanted to take your mini bike for a ride. Cause stealing your mini bike at a race would be like streaking at the Super Bowl. It'd be awesome. <laughs> He's like, well, go ahead. You want to take it? Go for a ride. You just got to wave to the crowd. You just got to wave to the crowd. I'm like, all right. So I drove it up and down, you know, the, the pit side. Yeah. Waving at the crowd. And then Antron Brown come drives over and I was like, hey, guess what? John Force, let me take his mini bike. He's like, mine's better. Take mine. So I drove it like halfway down, came back. He goes, No, no, you got to go all the way down. So I drove it all the way down and came back. <laughs> well, NHRA didn't like that too much. So they uh they put down this thing. It was like our V our vice president came down and was like, hey, uh, let's let's not do the mini bike thing anymore I'm like okay <laughs> right. it was you so, so I'm, I'm blaming it on him because he let me do it <laughs> so, so with the power with the power of that how does one win a race like i try to like not dummy down c- certain things for the listeners but i kind of do man i'm still learning Okay, so but but I can tell you how 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 the how the weekend goes. And tell tell me about how you won Seattle. Uh, how how we won Seattle? They won Seattle. They yeah I yeah because yeah. I mean I held it Wally, which wasn't mine. Actually, it's my mom's. It's sitting on her table right now. Um, so Friday night, a typical race is Sunday, Friday through Sunday except for holiday weekends, like Indy is a five day race and, right. you know, right. a couple others, but, um, you go through four qualifying runs, three or four, depending on the weekends or whatever you, you, you get as fast as you can, as, as quick as you can on Friday night, you get one run pff, done. Now that everybody gets rack and stacked because on Sunday, only 16 are allowed in the bracket. So like this last race, we had 24 top field teams trying to make the, trying to make the finals. So mm-hmm. after, so then Saturday you get two qualifying runs and the, the crew on these cars, it's like watching a pile of ants take apart a donut. 
and fast oh, forward. Yeah. I mean, they just, <laughs> everything's apart. They put a, a new motor back together. They test run it. Anyway, so after Saturday night, that's usually, that's when it's, okay, these are the quickest times in qualifying. Your quickest time is the only one that matters. Now you get a point for being, you know, you get a point or two for being the fastest for that round and that kind of thing. So Sunday comes around and it's like the sweet 16 for NCAA. It's right. just a bracket. Oh, yeah. So number number one goes against number 16. Yeah. And everybody goes down the line, single elimination. Then it's, right. then you got the quarterfinals yeah. and then boom, then you got semifinals, give you the final two. And then those two go head to head. And for Seattle, we, we were up against um, Brittany force. Uh. Yeah, Brittany Force. Yeah, 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 and yeah. it was and I, I remember standing <laughs> I remember standing on the line behind the car. And as soon as he goes out of the corner of my eye, I saw Brittany's tires smoke. And I was like, Oh, she just smoked her tires. Oh. And Tony kept going. And he didn't even run like a full. I mean, he I think he only got to like 257 miles an hour. Right. He smoked, he smoked like <laughs> oh, 200, they're usually at 304. It's crazy. Yeah. 316. When that happened, I lost my mind. My dad was standing there and just put his hands up. And then I actually have the video still from Fox Sports because nice. it airs live on on oh, Sunday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I have the video, and you can. I just I couldn't tell you how much of a. I don't think Cinderella story is the right word, but it, that whole feeling, like a like the miracle on ice back in 1980, kind of thing. It was like your first race as a team owner and being there with my dad and my son. Right. So three generations. Oh yeah. Standing there. And you, you were a fanboy. Oh, you were a fanboy. You were uh, fanboying the hell out of that, dude. hundred <laughs> percent. And, and I have no regrets. <laughs> right. <laughs> you ever got a chance to run the tree? No. Well, the tree's uh, automatic. I mean, oh, you're talking okay. about like with, with yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, in the in the hospitality tent area where the cars are, uh, we, we have we have hospitality things set up for people come in, get food, and meet the drivers and all that stuff. But uh, every once in a while, you'll see a tree in there, and you got a push button, so you'll go you can go against Tony or Ron Caps or whoever drivers are hanging around, and you sit there and try and get, you know get your your light as quick as you can without red lighting. Right. Hmm. But it's fun. Okay, so now that I've, is there anything that I missed? Did, did I miss another title? I mean, you're you're into so many things. I'm the doctor of love. Uh, <laughs> the shark bait. My, 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 my wife calls me doctor of divinity or doctor of love just because I got ordained to do weddings and stuff. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. hey, a while back, welcome to the club. So a while back, I had friends that we're not allowed to get married, yeah. you know? And I'm like, that's, that's garbage. And then I was in combat and I had friends that would die. And I remember one time my buddy was, was checking out. And one of the things he said was like, am I going to go to heaven? And I was like, I don't know. I'm not going to lie to him. I, I have no idea. And uh, I felt bad about it. And just to give someone the, the comfort of telling them what they need to hear at that moment, and them knowing that it's legal, quote unquote, legal or whatever proper. So I got ordained to do that kind of stuff. And like, you know, baby naming ceremony or christening yeah. and 
I've done a bunch of weddings, ton of weddings. I did my son's wedding actually. Um, um, but I did that because I just, I didn't want people to, to, to not be able to do what they want to do because of either a dumb law or yeah. whatever, you know, whatever other people, because a dude or, or a lady somewhere wrote this on a piece of paper and said, this is a law now. I mean, it was a big process and a voting and all that crap, yeah, but yeah. still, how does that dictate how someone lives their life to be happy? Exactly. Right. Yeah. So give them, the, give them the big yeah. middle finger and go to it. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. That's awesome. Thank yeah, you, yeah. man. Yeah. Thank Cheers. you. Yep. Cheers. I'll Absolutely. drink to that. Yeah, I'll drink to that. that. Woo. So 20, 20 years helicopter pilot. All right. I... I've been on a few helicopters. My wife's like, hey, we should go to Hawaii and do helicopter. Hey, let's go to Grand Canyon, do the helicopter. I'm like, nope, I'm good. Kobe. Uh, nah, not so much Kobe. <laughs> nah, too soon for me. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's all right. But, it's all right. It's my team. All right. So so when I was uh, stationed abroad, uh, I was on some duties, you know, with the commander and sergeant major and they're like hey Coleman, let's hey we want you on the team i'm like mm, nah because what is that you guys do i, I can't remember i've been out since oh nine oh ten or ten auto right? rotation yeah <laughs> that shit is worse than a roller coaster it's fun though no <laughs> oh, no, no all right explain that yeah the yeah, worst yeah. the worst thing you can there. never tell a pilot especially someone like me who's <laughs> kind of a hothead and you know maybe a little bit of a show off um had a general friend of mine called into a um, a hearing type thing that i was it was at one time and basically told everybody that i'm not as good as i think i am but i'm not unsafe and that he's flown with me in many countries and many states and and i'm i'm not responsible not guilty of what somebody was said i was doing but that put it all in perspective for me because he's absolutely right. I mean, he, you know, some, some people would sit here and go, man, that's messed up. But no, he's absolutely right. Nobody's as good as you think you are, especially in a, in a, in a machine that's got a million moving parts going in opposite directions all the time. Right. You know, and the worst thing you can tell someone like me was a bitch can't make me sick. A bitch can't oh, make dude. me sick. Oh, like, oh my I would God. never forget that. <laughs> the, only, the only time I wouldn't do it is because I didn't, I didn't want to smell a puke in the helicopter, man. <laughs> yeah. you know? But I would, but I have done it more than twice. Oh God. I, the auto rotation, huh? Auto rotation. So an auto, an auto is just basically, um, you're flattening the pitch of your, your rotor blades and you're, you start to sink. Just imagine going over the top of a roller coaster. Right. You know, you're low in the collective, establish an auto, auto rotational descent. That's the book answer part of it anyway and you you're just basically falling and you're and you're building up this potential energy in your in your system so that when you in a real world scenario if we lost an engine it ought to rotate because if you don't you're going to start to slow your rotor down well when you lower the collective and you start falling that up that air flow going up actually keeps your rotor going and speeds it up so that's potential energy that you can later turn trade off for kinetic and you can land the helicopter safely. Now, um, if someone's in a helicopter, you're, you're not supposed to be doing auto rotations, but you can do a low power descent. 
Okay. You know, power descent is just lowering the collective and dropping like a rock. Yeah. Our yeah. rotation, lower the collective and drop like a rock. It's all the same. Depends on what you call it. Well, where where I was stationed, <laughs> where I was stationed, man, it had it was a few hills. That's and, like a vomit cruise right there. Yeah. The vomit, and it, vomit. they just there's trees. I'm like, oh my god, we're getting so close. But yeah, all right. Total badassery. I my wife is always like, let's get a helicopter. No, <laughs> uh, just because of that, Joe. I might if you if you fly one, I might go back in. But I, I'll rent one. I'll, next time I come up, I'll rent one somewhere, or you rent one somewhere. You jokes. jokes. I'm not a household name. I'm just some guy that just interviews people and has. Sorry, right, we're still peons. Yeah, we have fun. We goose. We. <laughs> Me. All of us. Me. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> All right. So, God, survivalists. Survivalists is nothing more than most of it, to be honest with you, is just enduring. How much can you endure? Like, right. how much it's, it's a mixture of enduring pain and tiredness and cold and elements and all that mixed with how innovative you are problem solving um, and mixed in with skills. You still have to have some basic skills. Like I can start a fire with, with just whatever I find outside. I can, I can start a fire if it's wet, you know, that kind of thing. You still have to have, you still have to have, you got to cheat it. You You still have to have (laughs) some skills, but you've got to have a mentality of, and some people will say uh, like a no quit mentality or a mentality of um, failure is not an option. Well, that ain't true either because sometimes that might be an option, you know, right. life and death situations. That's an option. I always treat, wanted to whatever. see that, that show. I always wanted to see them just taking average Joe's off the couch and throwing they them do. out. They do. They do. They, they do um, fan challenges. Okay. This, like Gabby, um, Gabby and Kai were here in Nashville couple weeks ago kai just released a survival book she's um she's a badass by the way like stunt woman all that stuff um but she gabby started out as a on a fan challenge a 14-day challenge when they were saying hey if you're a fan and you just want to try it let us know and they give them you know a few days of prep and like basic instruction stuff and she took that and said, you know what? I want to be really good at this. And she's done it four different times now. You know? Nice. Okay. Yeah, she's she's definitely a badass. So that's why I have a hard time when people call me badass because I, I know some badasses. Mm-hmm. And I just I just I don't see myself that way sometimes. Humble. You got my respect. Right. You got my respect just by saying that. That's just like when we uh interview breweries and the head brewers we we always try to get them like hey you a brewmaster if they say a brewmaster you know they're full of shit they're head brewer when they're doing head brewer or senior brewer senior or head brewer that's that's kind of like your answer so thank you much respect man much respect how do you get on naked and afraid most people go and apply, you know, go to Discovery Channel and apply. Yeah. Um, sometimes, like for me, I was actually had my eyes on a different show 
and not a game I, show. You said this isn't a game, game show. show. That shit yeah. was funny, dude. This isn't a game show. So, anyways, go ahead. Oh, oh no, no, I was, no. I was. I had my eyes on a different survival show, and okay. um, I was actually that weekend that I made my first knife. I uh, met Laura Zara. She was she was there hanging out with some friends, and she, I knew who she was because she's been on the show. She was first one to ever film, actually. Yeah, right. Um, but she's done many challenges, and she's. She's does she's got her own carbon TV TV show right now, doing her decivilized show, which mm. is actually pretty cool. Um, but we were talking, and I said, Yeah, but I want to do this other one because 21 days just doesn't seem very real. And she goes, It's as real as you want it to be. And that stuck with me. And I was like, Man, that makes sense. It's as real as you want it to be. Okay. So she sent a she messaged one of the producers and they contacted me and said, Hey, we heard about you we've got something planned that might be really cool and all this. And so I started just like reaching for the stars. I was like, all right, I want to jump in naked out of an airplane. My parachute will be my survival item and liability reasons that didn't fly. (laughs) (laughs) But Then they were asking like, Hey, are you okay with being out at sea for a couple of weeks in a raft and then going to land and having to do it all over again on land? I'm like, yeah, let's do that. And so I had to like explain to them and prove to them. I knew what I was doing in the water. Like how, you know, what can you eat? You can't just eat, you know, any old fish because you still need water. Well, you right. can use seabirds and turtles. You can drink their blood like water, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of seabirds, you know, stuff like that. So um, they asked me for some information. I gave it to them. And a couple months later, I was in the Bahamas. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> so it was that easy. <laughs> it's not as easy for some. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. All right. It, what was the toughest part? Being on naked afraid. Was it being naked or being afraid? Being afraid. <laughs> the naked part is a. I guess that's a fear or phobia that a lot of people have, right? And I just I don't want to be. I don't want people seeing me naked. Look, I. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm anything special to look at. So it's not that I'm, I don't care about being naked. It's but just you're that well endowed. <laughs> <laughs> you heard? Yeah, I heard. <laughs> look at you. Shark bait. You go shark bait. Shark go. But <laughs> I don't care about being naked. Naked to me is, I mean, it's clothing. It's, it's, everybody has skin. It's just right. skin. It, there's nothing sexual about it when you're out there. It's not like, you know, it's not like it's a, it's a big orgy, you know, it's nothing like that. So, I mean, I've, I've been part of a nature's groups where everyone's naked and you're, yeah. you got events and you, the Toastmasters show up and give speeches and you just have events and it's a community kind of thing. Right. There's nothing sexual about it. So that's kind of how I look at it anyway. So the naked part did not bother me one bit. Um, that was obvious in the first hug. Yeah, because yeah. I was I I watched Naked oh. a couple times like a lot. Yeah, and a lot. That, well, <laughs> well, I mean, we watched. Well, no, it's not the name. Well, I mean, like the survival part. Um, but I knew that you guys just went right in. There was no hesitation. Yeah, big old like, hug, boom. <laughs> well, it's so I knew that going in. If my partner was going to be weird about naked, then I had either had to stop it before it got weird or i had to just let her be weird about it 
Well, I knew that if I go in for a full on body hug and you did and she doesn't stop me, she got no problems with being naked. Just like me. It's just skin. I don't even do full booby or full body (laughs) hugs with her because I don't want to feel boobies. So (laughs) is that your sister? No, 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 no. no. Oh, it's our sister. (laughs) She's oh, sister. She's one one of the guys. She's one of the guys. Yeah, it's just like give a hug because he gives hugs like this. Yeah, side hugs. Hug. It's like it's sad hugs. Like I barely know you. So for for the ones that did watch that episode, right? Did that one hug when she was cold and you guys had that tarp, right? And that eyeball right before uh, the the commercial break, I was like, they're trying to do something sexual there. Not you guys, but the, right, the right. producers. Yeah. I was like, what? I mean, so so she got hypothermia yeah. while we were oh, yeah. while we were in the in the raft. So I had her, you know. So she got up on the raft, and I pushed the rest of the way. And when we got in, the medics were the medics were there. I mean, because they knew that she was. And I was, and I don't know if you saw this, but I'm, I don't know if they even aired it, but I was talking to her the whole time, just trying to get her to talk and stay with me, you know? And when we got there, there was a moment where she, I knew like, this is, it's as real as you want it to be. Yeah. I could have, we could have just called medics and said, medics take her and warm her up and do whatever. But in real world scenario, my body is the warmest thing I got. So I'm going to take that tarp. I'm going to wrap her up and we're going to warm it out. And I remember when they aired that she, my partner sent me a message. It just said, I love you. When she, cause we watched it at the same time, you know, and she saw that she told me that. And I told her the same thing when, when I'm sitting there in pain, passing out and crying and all that. And she grabs my hand. And and they show like a close up of our of us yeah. grabbing hands, and I told her the same thing because it's as real as you want it to be. Yeah. You know, you you what, what you endure, you problem solve, and you use your your brain to figure stuff out. And so, I honestly, there when you said the hardest when you asked me earlier, what's the hardest part? I would say you get over being hungry. You know, but we, we, we actually ate pretty good. We, you know, we found a lot of stuff in the ocean that we could eat and I found those, you know, the baby birds and all that, which, which was kind of, well, PETA hated me for that one, but I didn't, I didn't think that they were going to be fertilized eggs because we're out on an Island. So I was thinking we, we scored. That bird was so freaking annoying, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) We got that. So we cracked that first one and I felt bad. But I also knew that like I'm surviving. I'm I mean I'm gonna eat and yeah. I'm not gonna waste. So the first one I ate whole and my partner just said, I'll just take the yolks, you eat the birds. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I ate the first one and it beak scratched my throat. So after that I just ripped the beak off the rest of them and eat the eat the rest of the bird. Right. Man. Okay. Hey, so there's more to the story. Yeah. yeah. More to the story. Yeah, there always <laughs> okay. is. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was this. Quick question, if I can. Oh, go Dana, for it. Go right ahead, Dana. <laughs> yeah. That's hey, Dana. I know oh, I'm off camera. You're good. Um, oh, here, here, here we go. Here we go. Oh, it, this yeah. is the teacup lounge, by <laughs> yeah. the way. Yeah, yeah. I've been nice. off camera. Yeah. Hey, I was just wondering, like, with your military experience and everything, uh, do you go into it having any like preconceptions of 
like, oh, I'm going to be with a female and, you know, the roles, the dynamic of it. And were that you surprised is... or anything like that? I, I love you. Thank you for asking that question You're welcome. because because I thought about this. That's something that I thought about for if, and when I ever go back is what, cause I, I immediately assessed myself when I got home, like, what did I do? And I know what I did. I went into it. Like it was a mission. I went into it. Like I, this is something I have to win. I have to hit this thing head on and I don't quit until it's done. Right. And it's not surviving is in is not um, is not a race it's a it's not even a marathon it's it's just a it's just moving along and don't don't take a step back you know so when i did when i did that first challenge yes i went in it with a mindset of this is a mission and i've got to win i've got to defeat something the elements mother nature will kick your ass so there's no there's no beating mother nature and she's unforgiving no. So I did, I did have that mentality when I went in and I've since many times thought about it, like, because you don't see my partner um, yelling at me a lot because we didn't fight. I mean, yeah. We had one argument. That was it. We, we kissed and made up off camera at night and the producers got mad at, they got mad at us for it because we made up off camera and they wanted to, you know, maybe they wanted the drama, but her and I were, we, we made up, but there's plenty of times throughout the days where I'd be working on a raft and I'd be in the sun 12, 13 hours straight. And she'd force me drink this here, stop and drink this because I wouldn't, I would just keep going. And part of that is what led to, you know, kidney stone and kidney problems yeah. was, right, right, right. was the fact that I just kept going because I just didn't have a, a slow down button. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. You guys had really good chemistry. Yeah, so very good. Thanks for answering that. I, that was like the first thing that popped in my head. Fangirl. Yeah. Oh, that was a, that's a really good question. Yeah. That's a really good question. Thank you. You got another one, Dana? No, no. That's no, 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 no. For real. This is all yeah. you right now. No, I. <laughs> no, no, it's all you, girl. All, you, girl. <laughs> all right. So. They, they they didn't make so much drama, but they did have that little skit skit at the end that you flipped her booby. Oh, so many so, bugs. So at the <laughs> at the end of towards, if you notice at the end of almost every episode, at the fifty two minute mark or whatever, forty eight yeah. minute mark, yeah. they do a little funny outtake scene called private parts or something, right? Yeah, but why that? Um, so there was a lot of things. There was. There was a few other things that I won't say while we're recording that yeah, yeah. that they could have put on there, but that one was the most family friendly. Oh, wow! I can only imagine. and so let me explain to you about this whole nipple flick. I did not just look at it and go, "Ooh, look, a doorstop." <laughs> I didn't do that. It was like we're laying there. It's dark. We're laying there, and it's. We got the firelight going, so you know, flickering light. Yep. We're we're tired and hungry. We're you know delirious. We just got done working all day, and I look and we we we've been used to swatting flies and bugs off each other all the time, and so when I looked at the corner of my eye and I see something move, I'm like, oh, it's a horse fly. I don't want it to hurt her, so I'm going to flick it. You know, <laughs> so I just in one movement, I just lent, reached over and it was the perfect flip too. It was like literally <laughs> perfect flip to get the fly off or perfect flip to touch. Well, the thing was, there off. was no fly. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Maybe I should have started with that. There was no fly, fly, but hey, still flicking it. I I thought it was a fly and I flicked it and I immediately thought it was going to jail because they do not play when it comes to sexual harassment and assaults and stuff. They do not play with that stuff. And And I agree with it. And it wasn't anything I was doing malicious. It was just, I thought it was a fly and I just, I was already f- like halfway through a flick before I even turned my head. Right. Right. They I just happened it. to get they it. Showed it. And, and then they, you know, she covers up and I was just like, Oh God. And that's yeah. why I just kind of went, Oh Jesus. You immediately I, apologized, dude. I thought I was going to jail. I was like, Oh, that's it. I, I'm going to go. I got a small butt. I would not do well. <laughs> Dwayne's the only one laughing. Dwayne can have all right? my cornbread. <laughs> tell us yeah. more, Dwayne. <laughs> it, so it's I, not your fault that you know they're apparently the size of a horse fly. So yeah, there was there was no fly. hundred percent truth. There wasn't. There was never a bug on her boob, and I flicked it like it was my job. And, and here you go. Happens. Yep. <laughs> okay. But we talk about it. We laugh about it. You know, we actually, that's one of the things that when you talk about laughing so hard, you actually start crying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, I sat there the first, I didn't even tell my wife at home. I forgot about it. But it was like two months later, we we're sitting there watching TV. You're like, oh shit. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I paused TV. We weren't watching like sports or something, but I paused her and I said, oh, I got to tell you this thing that happened. And we started, I started telling her and then we, we started laughing so hard. I, I was literally crying tears rolling down my face. So I, of course I had to call Lisa and put her on FaceTime or whatever, just to be yeah. like, tell me I'm lying. She's like, Nope. <laughs> 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 and they ended up using that in the show. And I was like, wow, that's, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. So how come, I, I, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're a darker complexion and everything else. How come, in those 10 days that you were there, you did not fry like she did. I didn't like, burn at all. I just I got felt, dark. Yeah, yeah, I felt so bad for her because, dude, everything that was like glistening. It, yeah, glistening in the sun. She, man, it was so Blisters. pink and blistered. So one of the I things, felt so bad for her. One of the things I did when I got there is that first island, we didn't have any water. And we found a coconut tree that had like four or five juvenile coconuts. And I made some sunscreen. So I I took some ash and some of the gelatin baby coconut meat, mixed it up. And I was, I was using that and we were, we were using that, but she just, that's why she had white stuff around her rear. No. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's exactly, that's exactly why. (laughs) No, because you saw that. I'm like, are they? Not no, because they did they did show some they did show like they, she had some sunscreen on. That's what God oh guys, come on. That's this the is come on, let's be adults here. Yeah, yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> maintain way, maintain. Hey, let's get maintain. serious. <laughs> That's why she had white stuff on her butt. No, because I was Yikes. like, did they give her sunscreen? Because it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Like I, like I am fair skinned and and I've I've blistered. You no, know, your prism. Oh, he's like, <laughs> he's giving you the yeah yeah. I, I've blistered, but it's just like <laughs> I, I would have quit right there. 
I would have quit right there just because. Oh, yeah, dude, you got to watch We almost did quit, actually, on the morning of day three. We got to that the island where you saw that, like, the hug, and she was cold yeah. and all. That, we didn't sleep that night. Um, but I, I did have, I did get a shelter and a fire and a firewall built in like 20 minutes because it started rain. And then we didn't sleep that night. So we had gone two full nights with no sleep. The food wasn't that big of a deal. It just added to it. Um, but the water we didn't, cause we didn't have any water on that Island either. And so it was like, there's nothing like this is, this no. is not surviving. This is just how much punishment can we deal with? Yeah. Like we get to the point where we're so delirious, like literally just like, I remember standing and, and saw a shark. I was about almost waist deep, I guess, but I remember seeing a shark in the water and it was real calm that morning. You cameraman the is, no, the cameraman is looking at me and he's like, Hey, you see that shark, right? And I said, yeah, I'm going to get him." And I just stand <laughs> at the shark and he started, he's, he's coming in towards me. And I was about the size of the fin. It was probably like five, maybe four or five feet. It wasn't that big, but he still got teeth. And so I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to get him when he gets close enough. I'm going to grab him and I'm going to throw him up on the beach and then we're going to eat and I'm going to make shark shoes. This is going to be awesome. And he got like within a couple of feet of me and then turned. But, but I was, I didn't even remember that until the cameraman told me about it later. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, so but the you get time. You were we were delirious. so we were we were so delirious. It just seems like they put you they put you in a boxing ring with uh, Tyson and said survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah go mean, twelve was, rounds. Now look, there's plenty of other folks out there who've had it way worse. Right, right. You know? And yeah, everything is subjective. When someone says, "Oh, this hurts," or you know, th- "This is my pain," whether it's mental, physical, it's subjective to that person. Okay. So when when someone says, oh, I, I suffer from depression. And and for anybody to go, what, what do you have to be depressed about? There ain't nothing wrong with you. You're just milking it, whatever. Like that's subjective. You can't judge someone else's, you know, feelings yeah. or how they feel about something. And same thing with a survival environment. You can't judge how other. Now, most of us have been in the same situations for training or for the show or for yeah. just real life going out there and doing it like the Olympic national forest for a week mm-hmm. with, with a couple of guys oh, like yeah. that was cold and miserable. it was miserable, but I wanted to enjoy every minute of it. It sucked and I want to enjoy it. It's yeah. kind of how I have to have an attitude. Um, but there's plenty of people had it way worse than we did that as far as I, I could tell, because I mean, I was never in any real danger that I could, that I knew at the time um, when I got home and I finally went to the hospital, I've realized how bad it was, but yeah. Besides the conk though, man, you, you really put an emphasis on that whole. Oh, that's part. right. Oh, I still have a scar, man. Yeah. I could only imagine so that conk. People think that it cut me like it sliced my foot. It didn't. No, it went in right. The, con- the conk is like a blunted you know, mm-hmm. spike on it yeah. and it punctured and just went up. And because it was like cracked, it grabbed some tendon or something. And when I stepped off of it, it pulled some tendon out of my foot. And so my partner, you see Lisa talking about visceral tissue in my foot. Mm -hmm. And she said, and I was like, I'm just going to pull that piece off. And she goes, no, that's visceral tissue. That's, that's part of your tendon in your foot. And I was like, oh, well, it's hanging out and I don't want it to. Mm -hmm. So I got to get rid of it. So I reached down and grabbed it. And when I 
yanked it off like a band-aid i could feel it like in my heel oh it's so weird but yeah i still have a scar it's like a it's a weird feeling on my foot right now if i touch it it doesn't hurt but if yeah. i touch it it hurts and if when i run my finger across it, it like my finger is like a depression right there it's weird would you ever eat conch again because of that conch yeah i, I ate a lot of conch after that <laughs> that's dana by the way yeah, <laughs> so you you can't judge it, but man, they judged you pretty harshly. I mean, uh, without you know, with the time that you spent there, you, you started with a PSR. Can you tell people what the PSR is? What? Your the PSR. You talking about your survival rating? For, yeah, the primitive survival rating. You, yeah, you started you, with a seven point three. Yeah, you. So you have a you interview with survivalists from the show. Um. um I don't even know if I'm allowed to tell you who it is, but I won't. So I guess I won't do that, but oh, no, no. I don't care. I'm not under contract. I don't know if that matters, but EJ Snyder was who I did my, my interview with. Uh-huh. And you talk to him and you, you, he gives you scenario questions, asks you how you think about yourself. What part do you believe is, you know, mental, physical skill based, all that stuff. But you go through this, they give you a PSR. And that's what you start with. And honestly, I I remember thinking, as long as I get like a 6.7 and then I finish with like an 8.2, I think I'll be okay. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. And then I didn't, because I didn't know my PSR until I watched the show like everybody else. Right. And then, and then it was um, seven, what would you say? Seven, three or something? It was a seven, three when you started. And the F, do you want to talk about the end? Because I, I was going to talk about the no, end. I don't care. Go for it. I don't, I don't know how they can say because dude, the element that you dealt with, especially the physical, mental, emotional stuff, they can automatically put you down 13 points because of a freaking kidney stone. Like, 13 points? Yeah, yeah. You ended with a 6.0, man. Yeah. Oh, oh. You said 13 points. I'm thinking I got negative something. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, um, I don't know, man. It's just a number. Right, right. But it's just like, dude, you, you endured so much. And I guess people don't know what kidney stones is all about <laughs> until they actually. Well, yeah. they don't know the pain. Because, I mean, if you never had them, you never understand what it is. Yeah. You know, I watched and, my mother go through the kidney stones and all that yeah. stuff. So, I, I to this day, I know about them. But I never know the pain. I yeah. I've, I talked to a lot of. I'm friends with a lot of people on that show and we have our own little community. We, we go on a camping trip every year Yeah, in nice. July and like That's all awesome. of us, will sh- a bunch of us will show up and then just naked. Um, <laughs> no, well, not till the lights go down, but, but we, do, <laughs> we do, we do, we, we hang out a lot. Like a lot of us hang out together and, and talk all the time. And the only the only regret or only thing that bothers me about that whole show is that I feel like it's something left unfinished. Yeah. You know, I, there's, yeah. like I want to, I want to do, I want to do it again. Um, right. I mean, I've, I've been contacted for a few other shows that yeah. I didn't do. And even a mobile forge, two networks called me about the mobile forge thing. That's but awesome. the only, the only problem I'm having with, 
with doing it again is the whole contract bit. You know, I wish, and I told him, I was like, you don't even have to pay me. Just let me do it. And as long as I don't have to have That's a contract, mm-hmm. just let me do it. Cause, cause when I have a contract, then it's, you know, then it's work. between the time you film to the time it airs plus six months to a year, I can't do anything with any, any other networks. And I don't, you know, I, I've got some stuff that I'm trying to do in my, you know, with for myself with the mobile forge that I just don't know if I want to, yeah. uh, you know, well, same with force and fire, you know, I, I, like three years in a row, I've, I've been asked to do that show and I just, yeah, I just don't think I want to do it. So the toughest part on naked and afraid, what would you say besides the shark bait? Um, <laughs> I mean, is it? Is Always it, back to shark bait. Hey, that shit was funny. You watched that. That shit was funny because it came out of nowhere. I was like, dude, this guy. This I'm glad you man. said something, man. I'm glad you said something because I was dropping little jokes here and there. <laughs> oh, dude, that shit was all the time. Dude, windows all day long. Hey, you know me, Dwayne. Hey, Dwayne, this guy's known me for years, and and it's like. People think, you know, like a little spectrum autism, but it's like, bro, you throw down some of those uh, <laughs> innuendos, bro. I was all like, oh, snap. Watching with my kid, who's Zoe Jane, who's 11 years old. I was like, Oblivious. you didn't hear that. You didn't hear that, yeah. but that shit was funny. <laughs> it had to be, I guess it had to be the kidney stones, man. Just the, the pain of doing that and then having to leave. Yeah. And knowing that, like, like this sucks. Like, nobody expected me to come home nobody right and that and that but physically i mean once a year i go four days without without sleep and without food just to so i've done it for like 20 something 25 years because i i do it so that if i'm ever in a situation where i'm gonna be struggling yeah lack of sleep and food and tired i I don't want it to happen for the first time in real world scenario when I've never done it. So it's one of those things where I, I did it as like a personal tradition. And then, okay. Even though I'm not going to ever go back to a place where I might be on the run or might have to be, you know, awake for four days and no food. Who knows? Yeah. I still, I still do it just for fun. Just to let's, let's hit some mountains. Uh, let's do it. Yeah. Together. <laughs> right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, I, I got, I, I got some grid coordinates for some hot springs over in Idaho. Let's do it. I'm good. <laughs> do I, do I, do I, do I. <laughs> I'm good. I'll stay out of Idaho. So, all right. Naked and afraid. That that's awesome, man. <laughs> Doing 10 days, especially with immediate back pain. And then uh, kidney stones. They actually went to the description. It was like, yeah, I know how it feels. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe they showed it too. It's like, oh God. It just I that whole time they were describing that, man. I was holding everything around the male parts so totally understand mm. tell the listeners about the primitive grind please about the, sticker, the, the sticker, sticker the sticker the, the logo not the logo but what the, basically so primitive grind came it came brand. from the fact that i was i, I love like primitive survival and it's and people, people say survivalist, like it's a title. And I, I, I don't look at myself like as a survivalist. I look at myself as 
a dude that's pretty damn good at problem solving and figuring shit out and, and being able to do a lot with very little. And so I, when I had my wood shop here and I started converting it into a knife shop, I was using like wood to woodworking tools, you know, angle grinders and clamps and the, the, those bricks up there with the hollowed out center to, for a forge, it was just primitive tools. So that's how primitive grind started because I knew that if I'm going to sell a knife, I was like, Ooh, just like, just like the show. And just like most things that I used to do, it was, Oh, this is, I got to hit this thing head on. It's a mission. I'm going to, I'm going to go full speed. So I need an LLC. I need this. I need, I need to get everything up and running. And I already had an LLC. So I just changed the name. Um, but primitive grind was where I was, was what I was using to sell all my knives. And, um, quickly learned that people wanted knives from me not a company and i saw that so i kept the social media i keep the 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 trademark and all that stuff because i always thought because i'm basically i'm a copycat i'm copying josh smith and montana knife company and i told him this and i tell him this all the time as i'm following exactly what he did and he told me that dude you're just following exactly what i did that's 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 how i did it so it'll work and make knives with your name on it. And then when you start production, when you get a following and you've got, you know, knowledgeable people working with you and yeah. you can start producing knives, people will want those because they know that you're, that, that's your company. But until then, I just like doing what I like doing. Yeah. And I, that's why I don't take, I don't take custom orders. I've, uh, I don't say never, I hardly ever take custom orders. Um, but I just, I like making stuff and so like this one here i mean i should be inside sitting on the couch but instead i'm down here today messing messing around with this trying to get this and what is that is that that a dagger folder oh my god nice okay yeah so you you make uh, it sound like it's just easy to make most people think that most people will call me up or Hey man, I want to come over one day and make a knife. Right. Uh, it's not easy. You got two days, you got three days, you got four yeah. days. For me, it might take me two days. But if somebody else wants to do it, I've got a drawer right here behind you guys full of knives that are wrapped up in tape with people's names on it where they started them and, never and they, they never came back. Or, you know, sometimes people come back and when they do, grab some beer, get your knives yeah. in there, pick up where you left off kind of thing. But, um, yeah, that's, but they, uh, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick, the quick story about the logo. All right. I've, and I've never, I've never told anybody this publicly, oh, appreciate it. but Thank it's, you. but it, to me, it is, it's just, it's such a cool thing. And it's like, it spans over multiple years. Um, and you can't see it now. There's a picture that's inside my house. It's painted from a picture that was taken. I was, I was overseas once and, and I had my crew with me and we were getting ready to leave. And I was, you know, everybody's got their own playlist. They're listening to music. Yeah. And I, I said, Hey, y'all, we better get a picture of the, of all of us in the aircraft. We had the American flag behind us. I was like, let's get a picture. And so we're all sitting there and someone's fixing to take our picture. And I said, just remember, we have to get this picture. Cause if we get shot down or blown up tonight, this is the picture they're going to show on the news. And they start laughing and the picture was taken right as they laughed. And I'm just sitting there cheesing at the camera 
and they're all like head down laughing. And, you know, it's just, it was the perfect candid photo. So the last song that I listened to was one of Zach's songs called natural disaster. And so long story shorter, something happened that night where I got on the radio and I said, Hey, you know, this is, Hey, you, this is me. They're, you know, they were in trouble. I said, Hey, you, this is me. I'm over here. I'll be there six minutes. Just look south. I'll be coming around the bend holding lightning in both hands. Mm -hmm. And I started laughing. I didn't realize I was hot micing on the helicopter, but I started laughing because those are the lyrics to the end of every chorus in that song. She'll be coming around the bend holding lightning in both hands. So I started laughing to myself when I realized I was hot micing. I was like, Oh crap. And so something happened ended up getting a medal and when i got home i'm uh, like three two years later i'm in georgia with zach and i i went on stage with him for this military tribute thing Mm -hmm. and um afterwards i had that medal with me and i was like i wanted to give it to him and tell him you know because i thought it was just a funny story what i said so i looked so i I, we're backstage and I, i i have my little medal here and i open up the box and i show it to him i was like and so I want to give you this because, you know, I pretty much just got it because I was a jackass and I was reciting lyrics and it's, but it, but it worked. What I said actually worked in the, in that time, but I just thought it was funny. So, you know, so I want you to have this. And when he looked down, I looked down and we both kind of froze and stared at each other and the hair on our, both of our necks just stood up and I've gotten air medals and, you know, m- awards and stuff before and, and most of us just look at it like okay it's just something i gotta add to my uniform but if you google army air medal you'll it's a it's a blue and yellow ribbon with a with a disc on it you know hanging disc and it's an eagle with a lightning bolt in both talons okay and it and we both were like holy crap we hadn't like i had never really looked at it before I've gotten them before. I just never, I just put them away. Yeah. But that kind of like stood out like, holy crap. Yeah. Cause I said that, but it's also on the air metal. Right. So fast forward like three years and I'm at, I'm at, I'm at Zach's again, like messing around his knife shop, trying to learn some stuff. Cause that dude is an awesome knife maker, by the way, but I'm in his shop and I told him, I was like, yeah, that's it. Okay. So I, I told him, I was like, hey, man, because I got real mad that somebody bought a knife from me and then put their name on it and then resold it. And I was pissed. And he's like, you need to start marking your knives. I was like, what do you mean? Like with what? My, my initials? He's no, you need two hands holding lightning bolts. So that does that design. Basically, he was the he was the idea behind it. And then I had a friend of mine, Rick, who used to do a lot, who used to do a lot of uh, pictures and stuff for me. But he ended up drawing it up just like you see it now. Okay. And so, but that was, that's, that's how that story logo came to be. Now, my wife thinks it looks like an owl or a butthole. I don't know which. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This? Yeah. She's, she told me that she thinks that the, I think the lightning bolts look like hair, butt hair or something. I don't know. It was something weird. (laughs) I always thought it was like an owl. 
Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't even want to <laughs> yeah. think about it. But I, all I want to know, all I want to do is take your, uh, your story and uh, run with it. Run with it. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. You also sell gear too. We, we both know Justin Lair. <laughs> he, he's the man behind your, your shop, right? People buy your merch. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. So I don't, uh, like I said, I, I already told you, I'm a terrible businessman. Like right, if right. I, if I was smart, I'd probably have a lot of money, but I don't. And I know, and I'm not, so that's just the way it is. And I'm accepting it, but, um, he wanted to do, so he was doing shirts. You know, I knew yeah. fiber, I knew what fiber light was, but I was like, man, that'd be cool. If, Cause he asked if I, if I wanted him to do a shirt for me. And I was like, well, I already have shirts. I was like, but it'd be cool if you did like a survivalist series yeah, where you like, you put some on there, maybe put a quote or a tool or something and have their name on it. And then, you know, you get a yeah. bunch of them sign on and, and you just sell them for them. And then like a year later came back around and it was like, cool. So I ended up getting, doing the first one with the Atlatl. Nice. And I thought that was really cool, you know? Um, and then any, anytime Justin asked me for something to help out with whatever I'm, yeah. I'm there. Cause right. I told you, I was telling you before, I don't promote products like unless I use them and I never, and I, and I don't get paid for, for anything. Right. For, like that's the whole bad businessman thing. Like with combat abrasives, Justin with Fiberlight, and, you know, a couple of grinders, Travis and Ameribraid and these guys, there's very few products that I'll ever like sh- shout out or yeah, not because I feel like I'm, influencing people to buy them but because i i don't i just unless i'm going to use the product i'm not going to i'm not going to put my you know be behind it or say that it's great and i've had a lot of companies ask me to you know sponsor be sponsors for me and they ask to be sponsors for me and send me products and i'm like oh that's cool i just i don't use now the one time there was a knife company a knife sharpening company they actually make a lot of kitchenware, but they sent me a bunch of knife sharpeners and they wanted me to do a review. And I said, do you want a review or do you just want feedback? And they said, nope, we want a review. I said, okay, because there's a difference because feedback is I just come right back to you and I tell you what I think. Review, it means I'm going to put it out there and everybody's going to know what I think the same time you know, and you don't get any say so because otherwise it, it makes everything I do a lie. So they sent me a bunch of knife sharpeners and it was all those stupid ass pull through knife sharpeners. And so my video was literally like 30 seconds long. I said, and I was walking the dog and I said, step one, you find yourself a nice dumpster. You open the lid and I dumped every single one of them in the dumpster without even opening them. Because pull through knife sharpener is terrible for kitchens. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that a hundred times because they're spring, the spring loaded and the ones that they sent me were all spring loaded. The angle changes depending on how much pressure you push down. Right. So it just, it doesn't work. So they were pretty upset about that, but I mean, nothing they could do about it. Cause I, I very clearly asked them if they wanted a review or if they wanted feedback. So this episode brought to you in part by Ember shirt company, veteran owned and operated. They can print on in almost anything you can imagine. Shirts, hoodies, doesn't matter. Bring your hats in. Doesn't matter. Uh, no setup fee, no minimum, 
no maximum. You can reach these guys at www.embershirtcompany.com. We, 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 we talked about all your badassery, your passion. Still got one, but it's time for staple questions. Staple questions. Yes. Staple, staple questions. questions. And it's, it's quite funny how the hardest of hard or the people who go out there and do miles and mountains and more miles, what their answers are. Got to well, ask you, Dwayne. All right. How do you make your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? You know, ratio, bread. Do you toast it? Do you put butter on it? Don't, don't, don't. Just ask them. And and this is a strictly peanut butter and jelly? Yes, sir. Is it it a peanut butter sandwich? Uh, Peanut butter. It can be anything with peanut butter or jelly, however you like peanut butter sandwiches. Yes. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll do peanut butter and jelly. I mean, I love peanut butter and butter peanut butter and honey, peanut butter and banana. But I will tell you how I make my peanut butter and jelly. Um, Yes, I'm a freak like that. I put all that peanut butter thick. Peanut butter always stays in the bottom. Once it's on the bread, it stays on the bottom. Uh Now I take the top piece and I throw on another thick layer of peanut butter. (laughs) So you got two pieces of bread. The secret, grab that third piece of bread, man. (laughs) <laughs> the third piece of bread. Third. Yes, third. in between. Third. And you in throw between. as much jelly as you can fit in that sucker. Yes. You set it and you exactly. stack it like a Big Mac. Mm-hmm. And then you, oh, and, then you and then you go to wow. town. We call that a Dagwood. Wow. That's a first. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, yeah. Do you do the jelly on just on the upper part or do you jelly is all sides? on the inside? Okay. So you do it both sides of the bread. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, okay. Oh yeah. All right. So you put the jelly on. Okay. Okay. On. What's your, I get it now. what I kind get of bread? Oh, okay. I love Hawaiian sweet bread because uh-huh. it's thick. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's like kind of, you know, it's spongy. Um, like, I mean, in a pinch, I, I, I don't even eat like regular white bread, but in a pinch, Wonder Bread will do. Because it's, like, you know, it's pretty soft. Must be nice. Must be nice. It's pretty soft. You say you're the worst businessman. Wonder Bread, you, you must be getting paid. Well, because <laughs> well, I don't know what kind of bread we have. All I know is when I see a certain, when I see that Hawaiian sweet bread in there, mm-hmm. I know that's sandwich time. <laughs> that's peanut butter jelly time, man. Dinner bell's going off in your head. You already yep. know what you're doing. I got you. I got you. I like it. I like it. Man, I, tr- I think I tried that once when I was young, and I was just like, I the think, Dagwood, man. I don't think I put enough jelly on. Hey, you got to put. You got to put that. So that first piece of bread yeah. in the middle, you got to shellack it down shellac hardcore. Shellack it. Shellac I mean, like you're 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 like the renovation. Yeah, shellack it. Shellack it. Right? Okay, okay. Now, put it on I, top of that other one. And you got to kind of maneuver and, and smear the other great the jelly on top of that one. If I'm in a hurry, I'll get that that great peanut butter and jelly in the jar, the Gerber, the stuff. Goober, the Goober stuff. Goober, yeah, I'll get that. And I mean, you can't fit enough of that stuff on a bread. So I just eat it with a spoon. Eat it with a spoon and then eat bread separate. Like there a dinner. Oh, there, there you go. go. Okay. Hey, on that same note, what about a tortilla no. and peanut butter and jelly? Yeah. Oh yeah, you can do tortilla, but peanut butter and butter on tortilla though because you get it because you get it warm you get it warm Mm -hmm. and you put that butter on there and then you put your your peanut butter on and once you roll it up 
that peanut filthy. butter just gets nice and soft. Hey, it's mm. filthy, <laughs> filthy. That's just food porn right there. Right, right. <laughs> so, see, these guys, these guys make fun of me because I put butter on both slices of bread. We don't make fun of you. And then I put my <laughs> yeah, peanut butter, and then I put my jelly because I, I was just, I was raised on a farm. Butter, I don't know, just makes it better. Butter goes on everything. Yeah. Just like bacon. There you go. Paul, Just yeah. like bacon. Yeah. Paula Dean. Paula Dean. Yeah. Paula Dean. <laughs> Dane in the background. Paula Dean. That shit. That <laughs> beat us. That yeah. beat us. <laughs> you said staple questions. I thought these were going to be like hard questions. Oh, no, 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 no. That's the best question. part. That's yeah. the best part. Oh, Leah, should, we should have started with staple questions. Okay. Yeah. Staple. Uh, uh, second one. Favorite Adam Sandler movie. Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> damn, that's a good one. See, I, I'm guessing most people just run off with like the most popular ones, um, right. but I can't do that. I think so. What's yeah, the movie? So the the I know the movie, but I can't remember the name of it. It's the one right. that he did where he was a comedian. Funny people. Funny people. Funny people. Funny people. Real life. It's probably my favorite one. When he it's gets like his ass life. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And she's hot, man. God. You know. You know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I can't watch her in those movies, man. I can't watch her in hey, those movies. I'm like, just Spanglish, dude. Spanglish. That too. That one right there is it. Can you get a shit out of the wind? Right. <laughs> Spanglish was pretty good. I like those yeah. movies. So um, I, don't, I, I don't know. 41st dates was pretty good. Yeah, 51st dates? Yeah. That's what I said. That's a, I thought it was 40, but. That's a good one. Wedding that's singer. Wedding singer. Okay, okay. Yeah. So uh, did you get a taste of uh, some Pacific Northwest breweries when you were up here? Um, Actually, there's a lot of, I don't know, if, do you call them microbreweries? The smaller mm-hmm. ones? Yeah, the know. micros, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I do go into a lot of those mm-hmm. because I'll just whatever they're, you know, pale ale or light. Cause I, yeah. I like, I like IPAs as long as it's not too hoppy. I don't like dark beer. Okay. So I'll, I'm whatever pale ale or blonde or whatever they got on there. Excuse me. Yeah. The hiccups. <laughs> hiccups. Um, I'll get, you know, I did. I don't remember any of the names, honestly. I think there's one that I actually have a sticker from somewhere. I got a sticker around here from one of them. Okay. I don't remember the okay. name of it. So let, let, let me ask you this favorite beer of all time. It's in his hand. My demo. Oh. <laughs> it's in his hand. <laughs> God. Okay. All right. It's the reason why he's drinking. We'll just ask him have you heard of Rogue or Deschutes? Rogue nope. Brewery or Deschutes? No. Brewery. Nope. Okay. Uh-huh. So then that's not the question. Exactly. For those of you listening, well, some of them know though because they're, nope. they're around. Some. So for those of you listening and and not here, or for those of you listening and not watching, I was given the lady in the middle a uh, funny look because I had no idea what she was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because he's from Tennessee. <laughs> so your go whiskey. your go to brewery there. Oh, Thirsty Goat. Thirsty Goat. So Thirsty they're goat. actually not a brewery. Um, so less than a mile from our house, they open up a little coffee brewery, beer garden. All they do is serve pizzas and desserts. And then in the morning, you can get like co- all the coffees you want. But they they take all these breweries around the area oh. 
and they stock them. They're on tap. They're in cans. They're Is that just, like a tap house? Yeah. So we got to take a trip to Tennessee. Yeah, come on. Thirsty Goat. The yeah. best pizza is called the crazy X and my order is the same. Every time I want a crazy X double everything with gluten-free crust, except for jalapenos and the oh. gluten-free. And they always ask, is it an allergy or preference? I always say preference because the pizzas are, first of all, they're round when you get them gluten-free, they're the cauliflower crust. Yeah. They're spongy and they're, they just taste so good. Um, the regular <laughs> crust, the regular <laughs> crust is like thin, and sometimes it's hard and crunchy, and it, but it always looks like an amoeba because it's never round. Yeah. And exactly. I just want to, if I'm going to eat pizza, I want a round pizza or a square pizza. I don't want in between. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, man, so, man. I like it. Thirsty goat. All right. Thirsty goat. Now I'm hungry. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it is, it is past goat. dinner time. <laughs> right, right. It is yeah. past dinner yeah. time here. Past supper time right I now. Pre- so. I appreciate you being here because what, it's what, 9.32 your time? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 932. You are psychic. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm an hour ahead of you or two hours ahead of you. Two, right? two, two, and I try I try to get I'm gonna tell you what happens in the future. I can tell you what happens two hours from now. <laughs> yeah. Sleep. Hey, yeah. hey, just tell me about the stock market before it happens over here, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but you want to hear something crazy? I'm sitting in yeah. uh, oh, this is nuts. So at the beginning of the year, I picked three people that I thought were gonna die that year. I know that's stupid, but I was like, hmm. Awesome, their time, morbid. Their time's coming up. <laughs> the queen. Betty White. Betty White. Gosh. The Queen. And one other that I'm not going to say now. I Everybody else knows here, but if I say it now, everybody's going to probably hate you on me or be pissed off if it happens. But I'm sitting in the waiting room, ready to go back for surgery. And I'm sitting there and I looked at my wife and I was like, hey, babe, I think the Queen's going to die soon. She died while I was in surgery. Oh, snap. And I was like, whoa. No Tadamas over here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just like, I just had this weird, I mean, I'm not like psychic or had a premonition. Too but I just like, I thought that was weird. <laughs> I was like, man, I, I called that one. Well, don't call, yeah. don't bad. call any of us, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you got a connection with the old lady. Yeah. Man. I don't know, man. It was yeah. weird. Great old lady. Cur- I mean, she did it right, though. If you think, think about her, her reign, her like whole monarchy life. All except oh, for the did. almost break bankruptcy of the uh, whole yeah, monarchy itself. But she did it right, though. I mean, everybody's going to go through something. You have oh, yeah. to go yeah. through something oh, yeah. to be tested, and to, because otherwise, what are your what's your worth if nobody knows what you're doing? Hey, but I got one inch of she, property right there. I actually got a lordship because I bought property there, and I got a one inch by one inch square. You're one of those. You go into it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they were selling for thirty four bucks. So, Lord. <laughs> Reverend Dwayne Winslow. Oh, I'm just saying. Lord. I said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Can I get I just, an amen? <laughs> I just think she did it right. Like, like even the whole Princess Die stuff that happened 25 years ago. Right. Like, she was never the center of controversy and the center of whatever and scandals. It was like she was, you know what? I'm a Solid. bad woman through. and I am here to take care of my people. Right. And that's what they, they should have called her people instead of the queen. Right. Yeah. Do you guys have any curveballs? Because I got one. I yeah, probably got I, a no, no, I got one question for you. Yeah. Uh, Bear Island. Bear Island. Would you ever do that show? When no. it was out and around? Yeah, well, absolutely. Okay. Why not? 
that that was the thing where uh, didn't Marshawn Lynch go in there and a couple other uh, superstars? Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, look, now you're putting me in there in a, in a category where, like, I don't think that I'm even a contender for something like like a show like that, just because. I mean, those are all superstars. Even they're, I mean, athletes and radio guys and all that kind of stuff. But anything that's a, an experience or like a, a story that I'm going to have later, I'm in. I don't care what it is. <laughs> I, my right, life right. is one experience after another, and I just, I'm. I got to the point where my life is dedicated to helping other people and living one experience after another. People talk about bucket lists. When I retired, my wife threw me a retirement party. I had people from 20 years ago coming to see me. I had people I hadn't seen forever and people showed up and she had this galvanized bucket and a sign that said Joe's bucket list. The sign's still hanging in the house right now, but we were at this place that was all fancied up and people would write stuff on this on cards and put them in the, in the bucket. And then when you filter them out and you, you're like, okay, my, my buddies, you know, they, you know how guys are. They just write dumb shit on there. Oh, <laughs> like stick your fingers up your butt to your ankles. And, you know, just, just like dumb stuff, you know? But once I got through all that, I had two, I had two piles. I had stuff that I've already done and I had stuff that I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I'll do, I'll do that. And I checked, I checked everything off except for one. Um, but my bucket list, like I keep adding stuff to it. I wrote a bull a couple of years ago for the first time, a buddy of mine retired PBR bull rider over here and i got to get on a bull and i was like that's check like what's next no it was so much fun no it was so much fun yeah like i just life is experiences and my parents my parents have this thing when they do my parents are are pretty well known around here for their um what do you call that um philanthropy Mm -hmm. you know and, and doing stuff for others and helping and it's always kids, homeless, and veterans. And that's like their big three that they they help. And like at the race a couple weeks ago, like Sergeant Pushup is a guy who's going across America trying to raise a million meals. And he was like, I think he said he was like $30,000 short for, for a million meals for, for hungry kids this year. And I was like, dude, I'll do whatever I can. And I don't have it, but I'll give you a thousand bucks. Boom. There's 10,000 meals right there for, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, why, why not? You know, just going out and doing stuff for others. Why not? Is it, is it going to hurt me? No. I mean, it sucks that you're losing money out of your account, but it's just sitting there anyway. Yeah. So, so you, I do stuff like that. So that's my whole life is ex- living experiences and helping other people. There and that's go. part of the reason why I got that mobile forge going. Is I just if I don't know if I don't know if you guys knew this, but when I did that Josh Smith veteran event last year, one of the veterans there that I had talked to a couple of times after the event was trying to get into knife making or whatever. Um, he called me on Thanksgiving, had a gun in his mouth, and basically he was asked trying to get me to explain to him why he shouldn't pull the trigger. And the first thought in my mind was. Oh crap. I got to call him back. Cause I, it was Thanksgiving night and I was having dinner. So I listened to voicemail and first thought that came in my head was I need to call him back. But then immediately was overpowered by the um, more pressing thought, which was he could have called anybody in the world. 
Right. Right. He could have called, called you. family. He could have called friends that he's known for years, but he called this one jackass that knew him for a weekend, which means to me, whether it's true or not, but it means that that mobile forge actually is doing something. So, okay. So I basically, I was for three days, I was like back and forth with him, make sure he's, you know, he's doing well now. He got, got the help he needed. He got the, the stuff he needed to get taken care of. And, and, uh, you know, and I did my first shop giveaway out of the mobile forge for surprise a veteran with an entire night. People that are, you know, want to get into knife making that yeah. have started already. Not somebody that's like, Oh, I think I want to try that out. Right. Because then, you know, they realize that it's a lot harder than they think and they've never done it before. And then it's like, Oh crap. So, yeah. but you know, earlier this year, black rifle invited me out to one of their grand openings in Sevierville and presented me with a, one of those big cardboard checks to help out with a mobile forge giveaway, a shop giveaway. And then Josh Smith actually um, helped me out with that. And then combat and um, Marabraid and, and these companies donated stuff. And then I had people that I just met doing events call me up and say, Hey, like this box, I got a box full of handle materials right here that this guy sent me right, right there that he sent me for mobile forge stuff. Because when I go on the road, besides the fact that it costs me about a thousand dollars a day out of pocket, it's materials, time away from home, time out of my shop where I'm not making money, but I'm spending money on gas and food and new tires, lodging, you know, all that stuff. Well, that's why I outfitted my truck the way it is, so I don't have to pay for hotels anymore. There you go. Yeah, that's, that, that, I like how you. Yeah, I like and then that. Uh, and I, I met the guys from Traeger. I ended up getting a. Um, one of the mini Traeger Rangers pellet grills, the small ones, the portable. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I got can, one too. Yeah. And so I can cook. One. Now I can cook on the road without having to go to restaurants, save yep. money. Plugs so I'm trying right to here. try. Yep. I'm trying to bring my costs way down, you know, but. Well, that's my passion barbecue. Yeah. So yeah. 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 That's what I do. I do a lot of it. I usually barbecue at Ooh. least uh, once a day, if not two. Well, two once two, two, a, day? a day. Yeah. Oh, dang. He's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my, my buddy here has a barbecue sauce company, Smitty's Beard Sauce. Then I and need to definitely talk to him. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get some bottles sent out to you. I have some, I got some left over. I'll see if, if he's, if he wants to send it to you or if not, I'll just send it to you, but try it out. But I like it. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually drink it. Barbecue I drink, sauce. I drink you know, Smitty's Beard, uh, Smitty's Beard Sauce. Beard, beard, yeah. beard no beard required. Okay. <laughs> kind of yeah. Beard required, right? Yeah. No beard, no beard required. No beard required. Yeah. But okay. we did some videos in here where I was I did, <laughs> I did a taste test for them and I was just drinking them straight. One of them yeah. is my favorite. I can just drink straight from the bottle. Mm-hmm. It's got a little bite to it. It's, t- it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. <laughs> now see you take that barbecue sauce and you pour it in a bloody Mary. Now you got something really good. Mm, right. <clears throat> a lot of places out here including myself i if i'm making a bloody mary at home i will make my own barbecue sauce out of the rub i usually make and then i'll put it in my bloody mary mix it in and it oh my goodness talk about a kick and a loveliness and a taste that you will never find everywhere anywhere else try it try it All right. All right. let us know what you feel how you feel about it I'll, I'll I'll try it. I'll send you a picture of it too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> so, awesome. <laughs> people listen because yeah. of the the recipes. For I'm just saying this yeah. guy. So 
what we talk, you talked about bucket lists. What is the top of your bucket list? Number the one. only thing that I don't, I have not done that I want to do that is on my bucket list is the Appalachian trail. Six right. months. Let's do it. Six, six months. Well, <laughs> the problem is, so I was supposed to do it a few, a few years ago. I was supposed to do it in 2017. Um, but I, I was doing contract work and I was, you know, traveling. So I started having these, you know, then I had broken back and surgeries and, and it got to the point where I have not been healthy enough to do it, but I've already, I had my, my, my route planned, you know, cause you can start North or you can start South. You can start in the winter, right. you can start in this, you know, the spring and all that. And I was like, man, I got all my routes planned, all my PO boxes where I got to send stuff and the, the intervals in which to send it to different places. So that it's oh, yeah. for me. like the whole, I have all mapped out. And that's the only thing that I haven't done. And so I, I've been, I've been asked to go on there with a couple of guys and be like, oh, just do like two weeks here and two weeks. I'm like, mm, if I do it, it's all think, or nothing. I think I want to do it all. Like, I don't want to just do from yeah. checkpoint five to 10 or whatever it is. I think I want to just do the whole thing. Like walk in and walk out. Okay. Six months. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're uh badass enough to do it lesser time. So. Yeah, I just gave myself six months, but I'm pretty sure I can do it in like five, four. <laughs> no, because I want to, I want to enjoy myself. Right, right, right. So, okay. so, so I'll, I'll stop. Yeah, I'll stop someplace and just hang out there for a few days, and then be like, "All right, let's go." Okay, that's All right. What What's next? Not on the bucket list, but what's next for you? What's next for me? Yeah. Oof. Uh, well, sleep. well, I've got a few, I got a few weeks of recovery here, um, mm-hmm. but not this week, not next weekend, but the weekend after I'll be in Charlotte for the races. Yeah. Um, I do have my production knife being finished up. So I've got a production knife that's going to be coming out pretty soon. And I say production, basically I'm getting the blades are getting done and tumbled and basically finished heat treated everything. I have to, I had to order the hardware. I have my own handle material that I had a company make for me, designed for me based on the colors and the patterns I wanted that's getting milled out right now. So when they get here, I'm going to basically be putting them together. And then I have to, once I get the first couple done, I need to, get sheets made for them. So I have to have one finished, you know, then I have to do work, worry about packaging. Um, my buddy, Kevin, that owns that spirit, beard sauce, bar- barbecue sauce. Yeah. Yes. He wants to, we're going to do a, uh, like a box set, you know, cause I'm nice. going to, I'm going to market some of them as steak knives. Cause that's okay. what they kind of look like steak knives. And that's, that's, I, that's what I, I, I use one for that. And so, nice. you know, it's, barbecue sauce and, and a knife and all that kind of stuff, you know, but that's besides the racing stuff and getting these knives done. That is the next thing. Um, David Carver makes wonderful folders. That folder that I posted that we just, we did a collaboration on last week. That is a white background. It's got the blue with Damascus. 
That, so beautiful. That's so beautiful. that's Carver. So he was here this weekend, and we've got a few more of those being done. And then him and I are working on doing a, a limited run of those. Okay. Now they'll be hand finished because we'll have to still do the grinding and stuff, but all the parts right, are ready right, right. for us for them. Okay. Curve curve curveball. Last one, and then we're we're going serious. We're going serious, and you guys don't even know this about this curveball. All right, what was more annoying? Was it the kidney stone or the bug bites on the uh, shark bait? (laughs) Bugs. The bugs. Kidney kidney stone is pain. I mean, it's pain and it's miserable and all that. Yeah. The bugs, it's, it wasn't just like, oh, there's horse flies or there's mosquitoes. There's five different types of flies that are like on a clock. It's like they're on a schedule where they rotate in and out. So you got sand fleas that'll jump in all over nonstop. You've got the mosquitoes. You got the doctor flies that just like to go, bzzz. oh, hey, there's skin. Let me just cut you and leave. And then... They you just a drip of blood just running down your arm, and you're like, oh, son of a bitch. They call them doctor flies because they just make this little surgical cut on you, and then they leave. Well, then the gnats yeah. come after it, and then the gnats are all in it. And then, you know, horse flies are like the grasshoppers in the bug's life. That's yeah. that's that's the horse fly, man. They, they just come around and annoy the crap out of you. Huh. And so you'll see, you'll see us in the water where I'm up to my nose trying to make oh, something, yeah. and she's splashing me. Just so I could get a knot tied. I mean, it was it was real, nonstop. You get like thirty minutes of reprieve twice a day, and it's usually between nine nine thirty, and then the thirty minutes that you're sleeping. <laughs> Man, <laughs> Those are the only two times you don't think about it. But I sleep with a, a bag on my face so I can inhale and breathe without choking yeah. mosquitoes and stuff. That's so gross. Yeah, when you guys are going through that, I was like, oh my God, I'm just freaking out right now. And the I would go through I... as much pain as I could take before you I did. You did. Before, uh, before I missed the bugs. I mean, and no, I'm not, no, and bugs don't really get me. Like, I didn't have a bunch of welts all over me, like most people do. Right. right. They get me, but I just, my skin doesn't work that way. Maybe I don't know. But just the annoyance of it. So you can't sleep and you can't, you can't function. And then when you can't sleep, you start getting delirious mixed with no food and water. It's just, yeah. it's, it turns, it turns ugly. Yeah. I, I think about that sometimes. Like, could I ever withstand that? And I, I, I'm, I'm not so much of a germ foe, but man, certain things bother me. I am a germ foe. No, you <laughs> are. Joined, call me out. And, 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 and some of the things know, that like, you see on there, like the snake bites and, and the people that have the diseases, the tapeworms, that's the stuff that scares me. So it's just like, oh, I can't do it. I can't. Do oh, it. I did have worms. I did get yeah. worms. Is it yeah, because so of the larva water? Probably. Yeah. I mean, because we drink that water and we look in the water and you see, you see those little swimming around yeah. all over the place. But it's funny because. I was losing, I was still losing weight. And I was talking to Laura and I was like, man, I keep losing weight. She goes, you probably have worms. I was like, you think so? And she goes, yeah, I had worms. And she goes, she showed me, she opened up a cabinet. She's like, take this, some stuff called scram. And she's like, just take these pills. You'll know. I'm like, all right, yo. (laughs) (laughs) 
I couldn't. No. I can't. I can't imagine, man. But like, I definitely. <laughs> uh, I, I totally how, understand. How long did it take to clear up? Yeah. Oh, it's gone in like a week. Less than a week okay. is fine. Scram. Scram. Okay. Scrammed. Okay. Let's check that out. <laughs> so so get yeah, I have one Scram. You said other like shows wanted you. Can you say what shows that you would or did you want to be another part of a survivor show or anything like there that? There was well, there was two other shows that they were starting up. Okay. Um and I don't know, I won't, I just won't get into network stuff, but yeah. there's two other shows that start, we're starting up and wanted and asked me to do some stuff. Um, I just wasn't ready for, I just didn't want to do that because it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't want to stop doing everything else in life just to do that. Um, mm-hmm. There was a network approached me about the mobile forge and basically threw a contract down right in my lap and, and said that, this is what we want to pay you to do this and this and this. And I thought, Oh boy, here we go. Life's about to take off. And I said, so I wanted to read the contract. I'm going through and I'm looking at stuff and they wanted all the creative control. And I was like, what do you, why, why can't I have it? I mean, if you like the show, then let me pick the people that I'm going to interview and do all this stuff with. And they said, well, and I, and I get it. I mean, I wasn't mad. I, I get it. I just didn't agree with it. But for instance, if someone like they, so someone does something really good and saves someone's life or whatever. And, and I want to interview them. Like my buddy, Gary is in a wheelchair, right? Broke his back, helicopter crash. I interviewed him here. Um, his videos, the next one to come out. And I made a knife part with part of his helicopter parts and stuff like that, you know, but I want to interview real people, tell real stories. And the scenario that the guy gave me was, but so for instance, this lady right here is a construction worker and that dude's a cop and she, she saw him fall down an open manhole and save and then called for help and saved him and all this. And I said, but he's not a cop and she's not a construction worker. He's like, it doesn't matter. You know, the target audience and blah, blah, blah. And then, and I said, well, the first time that somebody watches something that has fake people in it, they're going to see it and they're going to know dead. that they're going to know that, they're going to know somebody and they're going to say, well, that's not true. That means everything I've ever said or done has now been a lie. Right. And I just, I just didn't want to do that. Okay. So I'm, and I'm doing it the hard way, you know, I'm basically, yeah. I'm just basically all I'm doing is selling knives, raising money, saving money until I can go and do another trip and do a, another shop giveaway. Okay. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. So, Forging with veterans. What mm-hmm. I mean, it means just that. But the story behind it, or why is it so important just for veterans, if you don't mind? Um, well, it was never just veterans. It was always it, it all it, it was always, I say this, it was always, and then in parentheses, I'll say it has just move towards veterans more because I relate more and I know more of them, but it was always anybody that has, that does anything for others. Someone that has a story that, you know, I have a friend here that 
that runs uh, Soldier's Child Foundation. And uh, like Gary, the guy I interviewed that's in wheelchair, once he got paralyzed, he dedicated, him and his wife got together instead of just hunkering down and dealing with his new life, their new life. They have now, for the last nine or 10 years, dedicated their lives to a, a company called, started a company called American Mobility Project, where, you know, that the iBot Segway wheelchairs to go yeah. up on two wheels, climb chairs. Yep. My mom has one. Well, they dedicated their whole life to this company to raise money and put those chairs in people's homes to make their lives better. I mean, he, he's a retired senior warrant officer. He, just like me, he, he yeah. could just live off his retirement, chill out and live a good life, shoot guns and eat ice cream. Right. But, but him and his wife are doing this and they're around the country doing this. And that's one of the guys I wanted to interview. Now that just happens to be a veteran guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's anybody who's, who does something with their life that just does is for other people. And it could be a one-off. I mean, it could be a kid that just, you know, did something really, really cool in school and his parents contacted me and he wants him to do this, make a knife and hang out in the shop all day, you know, like Jackson, you know, his uncle fights MMA and Jackson was a huge fan of knives and saw me on TV and was like, Oh, and his mom contacted me and was like, my son loves all your stuff, wants to come over. So I interviewed him and we sat, he came over like two different times. We designed a knife, made a knife. Actually, I think that video is on my Instagram. Yeah. But I mean, it's, so it just, it, it moved to more towards veterans because I fit in better in that group. I fit, I fit a lot better and I'm able to be more natural with it. You know, um, Neil Kamamura was probably the first one to, to, to suggest that that's what I do with it was veterans. And I was like, but I want to do that. And, and I get it. You know, I had these grand dreams of, of doing everything and being able to, to please everybody with it. And it just can't do that. You know, I see it when I'm on the road and I get messages from people like, Hey man, if you take this road, I'm only two hours North. Just stop in. I'll buy you lunch. I'm like, dude, I'm 10,000 miles in you drive two hours and come. come have lunch. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. I totally understand, man. But the, I don't know if that answered your question. No, it, it, it did. Like I appreciate it's, it. It's going more and more in that direction. The mobile forge. Mm-hmm. Easy or difficult? Oh my God. It's fun. <laughs> it's difficult. But it's fun because you think about, I have a shop. I'm in my shop now. Yeah. That is an entire knife shop. So who has extra $40,000 or I guess about $80,000 to just buy two of everything Mm -hmm. and a trailer and all this, right? So part of that whole, do I do it? Do I don't do it? Don't half step it. Am I telling you about my dad talking to me about it? It was like, if I got the trailer and then started outfitting it and getting it to where the stage comes down and everything works and all that. And it was every time I was getting ready to leave, I'd have to get my grinders out, clean them up, get them on the trailer, strap them down. Then I have to bring tools, bring my forge over my my drill, like parts and materials. And then when I get home, I got to put all of it back in my shop and re reset my shop up to work. 
and then clean the trailer out. So I've gotten to the point where I, I kind of jumped in and was like, all right, I'm going to do it. So I ended up, I don't like debt, but that's the only thing that I have was to just, all right, I'm going to do it. And it's either going to make money or I'm going to have two shops and worst case scenario, I'm going to end up having a trailer that I can sell. Okay. So, so I'm doing it and it's difficult. I mean, I'm, I'm running on two generate quiet generators for power. Um, tire, I blew five tires the trip before last to 8,000 miles. Yeah. I blew five tires in that trip and now I've got a, and so I just found out that there's 14 ply tires. I've been going with 10 ply, but tractor trailers use those 14 plies. So I need to find some 14 plier tires from a trailer. Yeah. Because I'm maxed out on weight on that thing. I'm, you know, it's about 10,000 pounds total that I'm pulling with my truck. And it's, it's difficult because you go somewhere and then you got to set up and people always, Oh, can I help you? What do you need? I'll, I'll do whatever you need. Nope. I have a system and I can do the whole thing myself. The moment someone gets involved, I got to start replacing hinges or see something get scratched up. And so it's not as hard as it sounds, but it's a lot of work. When's your next tour? I know you just got done with one, but when's your next tour? Um, I should find out this week. Um, I would met with wounded warrior project about doing an event in sometime in January down in Florida, which I'm actually going to turn into a longer tour because it's pre-race season. It's in the off season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's a few stops I want to make. I want to plan to go see, you know, Steve Schwartzer, the hand engraver, a couple other people down there in Florida. And and I'm actually going to take someone with me on this one, I think, um, because we got some plans to do some really cool knife stuff. That's cool. But January is going to probably be the next one. Okay. And um. Yeah. Coming back up here. What's that? You come oh, back up there. The left side. Yeah. East side. The yeah. left up. Yeah. Left up, side. Upper well, left. Upper I'll definitely. I'll definitely be there next year. Um, it all depends on whether I'm going to drive the trailer out early in the season or if it's going to be later in the season. Cause we have two Pomona races plus Seattle, Sonoma, Vegas, um, Denver, the whole Western swing area. So I like to, when I, whenever I have a trip or I go visit someone, I like to do a bunch of things all at once. Yeah. Like the last trip was, you know, Glen Everly. Um, with the out, out there at his ranch, plus the races, plus going to visit, um, you know, a bunch of people. So I'll definitely be back. When next is Seattle year sometime. anyways? The race? Yeah. Uh, August? August. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you let us know when you're coming up. Yeah. And we'll make some, we'll make some time for you to come see you. Yeah. <clears throat> definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, anything you want. Anything. That's Dana for sure. Pure Alabama Black right. Snake. So, <laughs> it ain't too buku. <laughs> no boot too buku. So, so, so Joe, just just the fact that we had you on, you're a badass. The stuff yeah. that you've been through, what you do, 
you're a badass man and and i hope you don't think i'm blowing smoke steam to the shark bite uh, <laughs> shark bait shark bait shark bait, shark bait. But, dude, shark all bite i have to say one. shark bait i appreciate you man many other people tr- appreciate you thank you for being our 100th episode dude thank, thank you, you thank so you much. so much that was pretty appreciate cool you. thanks for having me especially 100 yeah. man i thought you'd get somebody like somebody good <laughs> we did we did we, we did <laughs> i know i just want to hear you say it so joe thank you man and i I will press off and then we'll talk some more a little bit all right sounds good man appreciate you thanks so much